My name is J.W. Oker. I'm an author, and I like to go out and look for weird stuff. I call it oddity. For more than a decade, I've sought out oddities of nature, oddities of art, oddities of culture and history. I believe that within a tank or two of gas, of any point in this country, is some seriously cool oddity, and that we all should go check it out. This is Odd Things I've Seen, the podcast. All right, gather around and I'll elucidate. Today we're going to talk about Sleepy Hollow, New York. You can think of this episode as a companion to episode 13, How to Do Salem, Massachusetts. This is going to be How to Do Sleepy Hollow, New York. And they're related because both places are huge Halloween destinations. But that's where the commonality ends, completely right there at the Halloween destination. Sleepy Hollow is a village about 15 miles from New York City, right in the Hudson River Valley. It's in a beautiful location. I always say that if I could live anywhere in the United States, I would pick one of three places. One being New England, where I live now. The other being the coast of Oregon. And the third being the Hudson Valley. I just find all three places really beautiful and also very creepy, which is very important to me in the place I live for it to be creepy. Anyway, the reason Sleepy Hollow is a... Halloween destination has nothing to do with anything that actually happened there. It's 100% because of the legend of Sleepy Hollow. But here's the cool thing. It's not just a coincidence of names. Washington Irving used Sleepy Hollow, New York, as the setting for his book, a real place. He used actual landmarks, some of which still exist today in Sleepy Hollow. He moved there later in his life, and then he's also buried there. So both the tale and the teller are completely inextricably wound up together. And I love that, but I really love it because the Headless Horseman is my favorite monster. It's weird to say that because he has no face, right? Nobody says that the Invisible Man is their favorite monster. But I I like the Headless Horseman, obviously, because he's so connected to Autumn, the fall. He carries around a flaming jack-o'-lantern. He comes out in the gorgeous foliage of the Hudson Valley. He's from a fall story. Ichabod Crane comes across him after leaving a harvest party. It's a monster that's just more connected to the season than any other monster, even though the season has monsters crawling all over it. So I'm pretty sure that's why the Headless Horseman is my favorite monster of them all. So what do you do when you visit Sleepy Hollow? I'm going to answer this question in two parts. First, what happens when you visit Sleepy Hollow from November 1st to September 31st? Wait, three days, half September. September 30th. The other half of that question is what to do in Salem during October. I think that's going to happen a lot. I think I'm going to call Sleepy Hollow Salem a lot. My apologies, residents of Sleepy Hollow. What I tell people when they ask me what to do in Sleepy Hollow is the number one thing you have to do is trace the route that Ichabod fled from the Headless Horseman. Like I said, Washington Irving used actual landmarks, and you could follow the entire fictional route from the place where it started to the place where it ended with Ichabod Crane's hat and some pumpkin shards. It's only about a three-quarter mile walk, not far at all. Uh, I once walked it and recorded the whole thing. It's on YouTube. First, let me give you some of the geography of Sleepy Hollow, I guess. The main drag of Sleepy Hollow is Route 9. It just goes north to south, parallels the Hudson River, And everything is there. Everything you want to see in Sleepy Hollow, more or less, is right there. So the entire chase route from the Legend of Sleepy Hollow is on Route 9. You start at Patriots Park. It's just this beautiful little park right there on the side of the road. And on the edge of the park, right beside the road, is this tall monument. It's like a pillar-type pedestal, very tall. And atop it is a statue of a man in colonial garb. This is the Major Andre Captors Monument, 
which is a little bit of a weird name for the monument because Major Andre is the bad guy in the story, but his name still gets on the monument. So Major Andre was a British spy during the revolutionary times. And to put that in context, he was a partner of Benedict Arnold. So this, you know, treason to the American cause was trucking around uh, one night in Sleepy Hollow. He had plans for West Point, I believe West Point, how to basically take it down that he was going to give to the British military. And three men stopped him on that spot, right where the monument is, found the plans in his boot and turned him in to George Washington or whoever was in charge of, you know, spies. So they get a monument to this act. Their names aren't on the monument. I think they're the Patriots that Patriot Park is named after. But, you know, they did a good deed. The funny part of the story is it maybe it's probable, it's possible that these three men were actually mugging Major Andre. <laughs> they weren't actually Patriots. They were just thieves and brigands and they just wanted to rob him. But they inadvertently helped the cause by, you know, mugging exactly the right person. So, you know, we can be heroes just for one day. Back when Washington Irving wrote the story, there was no monument, but the event had already happened and locals knew where it happened. They knew the tree where it happened. So Washington Irving started the chase scene right there. The Headless Horseman comes out of the woods to a startled Ichabod Crane and we're off. From there, you just follow Route 9 north. You'll pass not a lot of interesting stuff, honestly, for those three quarters of a mile. All the cool stuff is at the actual end of the chase scene. So you go those three quarters of a mile, and then you pass a statue dedicated to the chase scene. It's rust-colored metal. It's got a, I think it's about 18 feet tall. It's really tall. It's a big column topped by layers of metal, and each of those layers fits together to form the chase scene. Ichabod Crane, you know, riding gunpowder and terror away from the headless horseman who's raising a jack-o'-lantern into the sky. The effect looks like uh, roots or smoke, and it's really cool. And it's right in the median there, right across from the gas station. And I just love this monument. I love the fact of the monument, honestly, more than anything else, probably. But I love there's a monument to this chase scene, to the Headless Horseman, and that it's up year-round. This isn't some Halloween decoration. It is always there for you to go see right outside the gas station. But steps away from where, you know, the metal horseman is chasing the metal Ichabod Crane. And they're facing the right direction, so they're running in the right direction. Steps away from that is the actual Headless Horseman Bridge. This is the place where Ichabod tried to cross to safety and where he disappeared from the story. Today, you won't even notice that it's a bridge, probably. It's a vehicle bridge, you know, covered in asphalt, very short. You don't even realize you're crossing water. You just, you know, you're on, you're on the road. Bam, you keep going. But there's a historical sign there that attests that this is about where the bridge was. And we know that because right there at the end of that bridge is the old Dutch church. So this is the place that Ichabod Crane was fleeing to. He knew if he, he knew if he could get there from Brom Bone's story at the Harvest Party, that if he got there, he would be safe, and then the Headless Horseman would disappear in a blast of hellfire or something like that. The old Dutch church is still there. The exact same old Dutch church. Been around since the 17th century. It's a you know beautiful little church piece of architecture. You go in there, it has um, an organ, a choir loft, and one of those raised pulpits, like little capsule raised into the air, just like actually the interior of the church in Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. So I assume they modeled it after the actual Old Dutch church. And that's the chase. You just ran, walked, or drove the chase scene from The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which, I, again, I can't, I can't kind of get over how cool that is. I mean, I love the story. I love that it's set in a real place, and I love that I can trace it, even if, you know, all the cars going by are blowing dust at me and honking. But now that you're at the Old Dutch Church, you're there for the center, the heart, the cold, dead heart of Sleepy Hollow. 
and that's Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. I always have to explain this, but it's actually two cemeteries. So the Old Dutch Church has a uh, two and a half acre cemetery surrounding it. So this is the oldest part of the cemetery. And then right across that border is the much larger, much, much larger Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. This is a park cemetery. It has streams and hills and trees and mausoleums. It's very big. One of the interesting things about Sleepy Hollow Cemetery is that it was named by Washington Irving himself. When they were first establishing the cemetery, the residents wanted to call it North Terrytown Cemetery because Sleepy Hollow used to be North Terrytown. It wasn't officially called Sleepy Hollow, the entire village, until the late 90s, in fact. Before then, it was North Terrytown because it was adjacent to Terrytown, which is a pretty cool name for a town as well. You know, stop and hang around town. But being a north of anything isn't that cool. So finally, the residents renamed themselves to Sleepy Hollow, which is a name that has kind of vague origins. People aren't sure if Irving made it up or if it was a name that kind of just floated around the valley and people all kind of knew. And eventually, in the latter years of the 20th century, it was finally named Sleepy Hollow and they had nice welcome signs on it and whatever. But anyway, Washington Irving really thought they should name it Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. Obviously, he was a little bit partial to that name, and they did. And then he was buried there. He's actually in Sleepy Hollow Cemetery, which is pretty cool because in the old burying ground portion of the cemetery, the part that belongs to the old Dutch church, that's where the headless horseman is supposed to have tied his horse every night. So that's where he's buried. That's where he kind of started out his essay to find heads every single night. So to share a graveyard with your monster is, again, everything about this town and the story, the way they just interweave, fascinates me and makes me happy and makes me want to go there right now. But there's lots of other cool things in this cemetery. So in this cemetery is a headstone dedicated to a witch, which actually I've never seen. They just put this up uh, about a month or so ago. Sleepy Hollow has its own witch legend about, not a witch legend, actually, it's a witch story, it's a history, about a woman who was a basically a herbologist back then, and during, I guess during the Revolutionary War times, people thought she was a witch, they kind of ostracized her a bit, but then at one point, there were raiders coming to the village, and she joined the militiamen who went to go protect the village. They protected it, it was successful, she died in the attempt. So then the, <laughs> so then the villagers were in this awkward position of, man, we can't bury a witch in sacred ground, but she's kind of a hero now, what do we do? So they, you know, <laughs> so they went and did the compromise, I guess. They buried her in the old Dutch church cemetery, but they didn't put a headstone above her. So now, hundreds of years later, the congregation of the church finally has done her right, and she has a brand spanking new headstone. So I look forward to seeing that next time I'm in Sleepy Hollow. What else does this cemetery have? I mentioned it's the site of the Headless Horseman, uh, the Witch. Also, a lot of the tombstones have names that Washington Irving used in the book. There's a large statue of a woman called the Bronze Lady that's supposed to have a curse attached to it. There are lots of rich people buried there. I think a lot of rich New York families, the Rockefellers, the Carnegies, a few others. There's also a, another Headless Horseman Bridge in the cemetery. Uh, it's just called that because it's made of wood. It looks a little bit more rustic and stretches over a stream. So it looks a lot more like the place where that Ichabod Crane ran across as opposed to the actual site, which is asphalt and concrete. So a really cool cemetery. Every time I go, I'm friends with the guy who runs the cemetery, uh, Jim Logan. And every time I go, he has some new story to show me, some new headstone, some new interesting bit about the cemetery. It is one of my favorite cemeteries on the East Coast. Obviously, I'm biased because it's tied to the Headless Horseman, but it is a beautiful park cemetery that in the fall becomes a thousand times better. So what else can you do in Sleepy Hollow year-round? Lots of other stuff. Um, right across from the cemetery is Phillipsburg Manor. This is a 17th century manor house that is really cool, historic site. You can go see it, tour it, do the gift shop. 
No connection to the Headless Horseman. No real connection. I want to get to what it does in October here in a second. But another cool site in Sleepy Hollow because it does have a really cool colonial history as opposed to its, you know, spooky literary history. The other thing you should do while in Sleepy Hollow is go see Washington Irving's house, Sunnyside. It's this beautiful fairy tale cottage looking place right on the Hudson River. You can tour it, see the place where he wrote, see his writing desk. It is another cool site connected to the story and to Irving himself. Another thing you should do while you're in Sleepy Hollow, especially if you're a fan of the story, and I assume that's why you're in Sleepy Hollow visiting, is go see Washington Irving's house itself. Sunnyside is its name, and it looks like a fairy tale cottage, and it's right on the banks of the Hudson. It's beautiful. You can go see a study where he wrote and the actual desk he wrote at, and it's a really great experience for, you know, me. <laughs> no, for all of us. It's for anybody that's a fan of history, anybody that's a fan of literature, anybody that's a fan of headless Hessians that ride demon steeds into the fall night. And then the other thing I tell people while they're in Sleepy Hollow any time of year is go look for Headless Horsemen. There are Headless Horsemen logos everywhere. It's kind of like the witch in Salem. Um, the Headless Horseman is the school mascot, so you see him on the signs. If you go to the firehouse, there's a big stained glass window of the Headless Horseman. I've seen it on the recycling bins. It is on little monuments. There's a little monument in the parking lot of Phillipsburg Manor that depicts the chase. Where else can you see the Headless Horseman? Um, there's gift shops here and there in town. You can go buy some tchotchkes with the Headless Horseman on them. And I'm sure there's lots of other places that I've missed. Oh, another cool thing in Sleepy Hollow Cemetery, if you get the chance, is the chapel for the cemetery. Not the Old Dutch Church, but the chapel for the cemetery, for the Sleepy Hollow Cemetery part of the cemetery. It's really confusing, I know. They have stained glass windows depicting Washington Irving in various situations. And that's really cool. I got to do a talk there once a long time ago and see those things. And if you get the chance, I highly recommend doing that. Just ask for Jim and tell him J.W. Oker sent you. Just kidding, don't do that. Also on Route 9, on I think both sides of Sleepy Hollow, are lots of historic mansions right on the banks of the Hudson. Uh, Lyndhurst Castle is there. Uh, the Rockefeller Estate, which is called, I'm going to botch this really bad, but Kukakut. I've never heard it pronounced out loud. I've only read it. But all these places you can tour. And what else? What other mansions? Let me just hold on. Let me look up what other mansions are. Oh, Van Cortlandt Manor. That's another important one. There's a few more, but they're mostly all historical properties that you can go visit, all of them ranging from various years of antiquity and just what we're seeing after you kind of do Sleepy Hollow and see all the sites there. All right, so that takes you to what you should do if you're a big fan of the story in Sleepy Hollow. I'm sure there's tons of other stuff to do, restaurants to eat at, hiking, shops, but that's what I always want to do. I just want to do Headless Horseman stuff all the time when I'm there. And then in October... They do a month-long Halloween party, except they only do it on the weekends. They call it Legends Weekends. And from Friday to Sunday, generally everything I just told you about throws some kind of event, some kind of Halloween event, and it is awesome. This is definitely the best time of year to go. It does get a little crowded. Like I said, that Route 9 is the only kind of route through there, and it's a suburb of New York City, basically, so it can get crowded. But it is way worth going. I mean, once like the Halloween lights are up and the crowds are there and sometimes they hire actual headless, that's not true, actors and headless costumes on actual horses, I should say, it's a blast. So some of the events you can go to, and I've been to most of them, not all of them. And of course, they add new ones every year. So I probably have been to far fewer than I think. For instance, uh, Phillipsburg Manor, that place I told you about across from the cemetery, that turns into a haunt attraction. It turns into a place called Horseman's Hollow. So it's a Sleepy Hollow themed haunt. And that's perfect. That's exactly what I want out of a haunt. 
there's multiple buildings. You go inside, you're outside at certain points. It is a great haunt. It's one of one of my favorite haunt experiences. Again, I keep saying favorites and using hyperbole. So keep in mind, I love the Headless Horseman and Washington Irving story. So bear that in mind. I'm biased for all of this stuff. Uh, the oldest church, they do a reading of the Legend of Sleepy Hollow in the church. Actually, it's more like a performance. It's Jonathan Crook, I believe his name is. And he performs the story, basically. He dresses up in garb. I'm sure he has a pumpkin in his hand. And he tells the whole story right there in the old Dutch church, which had a view of the climax of the story. I've never, this is one I've never done. I actually bought tickets the very first time I went to Sleepy Hollow back in 2004. That's the first time I ever went to Sleepy Hollow. So only like eight years after the name change, I guess. And I had tickets. I bought tickets because I really wanted this experience. And I got there and I showed up on the wrong night. There was nothing happening there the night I showed up, which sounds like a really bad botch on my part. But the truth is I've done that with tickets on more than one occasion. But I assume it's really cool. It sells out really fast and I've always wanted to do it. And I just haven't been able to kind of arrange for that to happen. Next, uh, Van Cortlandt Manor, which I just talked to, which I just brought up because I wanted to bring it up here. They do the great jack-o'-lantern blaze or great pumpkin blaze. I can't remember the exact name of it. But basically, they set up all around the grounds of the estate a massive pumpkin show. You've seen these around. Uh, a lot of places do them really well where they take fake pumpkins and live ones and carve them into various shapes and build creatures and things out of them. I've done this a couple of times and I love it. It's just a great atmosphere. Again, you're in... I don't think you're technically in Sleepy Hollow in Van Cortlandt Manor. You might be in Terrytown, but you're in the area. You're in the Hudson Valley and you're, you know, walking through lit pumpkins and light effects and jack-o'-lanterns and sculptures of orange. And it is awesome. I also recommend, highly recommend going to that. They also do a parade every year that I've never been to. I think there's a haunted hayride they do that I've never been to and some other small events. I think it's getting larger and larger every year. It's one of those deals where I probably don't know half the stuff going on, honestly. But those are the big things that I do. The Horseman's Hollow, want to do that Old Dutch Church reading, the Great Pumpkin Blaze. Oh, and this year they're doing the Sleepy Hollow Experience, which if you've read Otis, you know, last year, was it last year or the year before? I did the Sleepy Hollow Experience in Sturbridge, Massachusetts. And what it is, is it's an acting troupe who portray the story right in front of you. It's not on a stage. It's a multi-site outdoors kind of event and you go from in the case of Sturbridge Village you go from house to house and they do basically parts of the story at each house and the really cool thing was at the harvest party scene they take an intermission where the actors kind of come down from the stage and they turn into an actual party so there's little games you can play there's food and drinks you can buy and then the actors interact with you although they pretend to still be in character so if you try to talk to them about modern things they will just look confused at you and ask you funny questions so it's one of those deals and at the end, there's there was an actual covered bridge in Sturbridge Village, which isn't from the original story. There wasn't a covered bridge in the original story. That's a Disney edition later, a very good a Disney edition later. And they had us all kind of walk toward the covered bridge. And meanwhile, Ichabod, the guy who played Ichabod Crane, is in our in the crowd with us, trying to push against us, trying not to go there, and eventually making his way back to the back of the crowd. And then we line up on both sides of the interior of that uh, covered bridge and watch a horse run down the middle of that bridge with a rider with no head. It was fantastic. I loved it. It was a great night. So they're doing it now in actual Sleepy Hollow, which is a really cool thing. I think they still do it at Sturbridge Village, but now they also do it at Sleepy Hollow. So the one thing I do have to warn you is that all of these events sell out really fast. They're probably mostly sold out right now, honestly. You really need to jump on them right away, make your plans right away. 
uh, get on their list. They have a list where they kind of give people early access to tickets. And some of them go on sale in August. Some go on sale in September. And, you know, get those tickets for the days you want. Because, again, those things are only happen for three days a week, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's not like 31 days of events. It's more like oh, math. It's more like 12 nights of events. So the spots are limited. So that's it. That's that's Sleepy Hollow. There's again, I definitely just scratched the surface with Sleepy Hollow. It wasn't like Salem where I lived there for 31 days, but I've been there a lot and I am obviously blinded by the uh, legend of Sleepy Hollow story and that's only the things I do there. But my big news here at the end of this podcast is that the first weekend of October I'm actually returning to Sleepy Hollow. We're going for just the weekend. I have tickets for the Pumpkin Blaze, I have tickets for the Sleepy Hollow experience. I don't have tickets for the Old Dutch Church reading. But I've got plenty on my itinerary to do. I want to go see the um, Holda Witch Grave. I have some other sites that I didn't talk about in this podcast because I haven't been to them yet. Don't know much about them, but I have some new sites to go see. And it's going to be a really good time. But whatever I do there, I am going to be writing about it on oddthingsivesseen.com as part of the Otis Halloween season. So let me plug that right quick as well. From September 1st to October 31st, I write about Halloween and fall what I'm doing to celebrate the season, what I've seen, the activities I've been, the road trips, and generally every day there's something updated. So come to oddthingsivesseen.com, read it, get in, the, get in the mood, get in the seasonal mood, and after the weekend, the first weekend in October, I'll have content up there about my trip to Sleepy Hollow, New York this year. Uh, the only other thing I'll throw at you this episode is also my Patreon. So I do an Otis Club for my Patreon. And for as little as a dollar a month, you get some cool stuff. I, I do a newsletter mostly that I have a lot of content and it's a pretty, pretty fulsome newsletter, lots of sections, uh, lots of kind of behind the scenes stuff of what I do, plus some news and other items. I think it's worth it. <laughs> I don't know if it is or not, but if you are interested, just join for one month. It's one of those things that you can cancel after a month, but come join it, see even more content about the season and Hopefully I can welcome you into the club here shortly. That's it. Come see Otis. Go join the Patreon. Go check out Sleepy Hollow if you have the chance. I'm always encouraging people to go there. Even if you're not a friend of the story, it's still a beautiful little town, little village, nestled in the valley of the Hudson River, and a perfect fall destination. But it's really cool (laughs) because you're walking the place where the Headless Hessian rides his demon horse around looking for heads maybe yours. This has been an episode of Odd Things I've Seen, the podcast.